Hey everyone, welcome to Sunday Night Live. It's a four o'clock here on the west coast of the United States of America, AKA the left coast. And uh, because it certainly is. Hey, we're gonna finish the book of Amos tonight, Amos chapter nine. It's a very exciting chapter where God talks about uh, the destruction of Israel, but not the total destruction. And he also talks about the restoration of Israel when Israel is brought back together again, and God says in Amos chapter 9, I will never uproot you. Once you come back, you're never being uprooted again. So it's, it's a great chapter. We'll go there in just a second. Hey, uh, listen, if you were at the conference in Huntington Beach, thank you for joining us. I know you guys were super blessed. And if you were able to watch uh, via online uh, through the, uh, the virtual event, uh, thank you for uh, just joining us. Well, what a blessing it was for all of you who watched. Hey, listen, a quick little update for you. If you uh, have the virtual event then, and you're trying to, maybe, maybe you didn't watch it, just a real brief update so you know how to watch it. You didn't, weren't able to watch it live. We know a lot of people were, but maybe some of you weren't able to watch it live or haven't gone on there yet and you're looking forward to. I'm going to tell you this much. They were some of the best messages I ever heard. And I thought, and I knew the guy, so I didn't really think it was going to go this way. But a concern I always have about a prophecy conference or any kind of conference is you start to get some of the same information over again. And this was totally not that way. And it was off the charts. I, I, it, was, uh, it was really amazing, uh, the messages that everybody brought. Just absolutely fantastic. And uh, people asking me, well, how can we get these messages where there will be DVDs? So I don't think there's going to be DVDs, but um, I would watch as, you know, just go ahead and watch them. Um, you're going to be blessed. Um, and, uh, but if you haven't watched yet, this is all you got to do. You got an original confirmation email. And in that original confirmation email, when you registered for uh, the virtual conference, you'll see a gray button there. It says access virtual event. All you got to do is click on that button. You'll also notice uh, that all four sessions are listed, two sessions for each day, Friday, and then also Saturday. We made it as simple as possible. So just go back to your original email and click, and you are like gold. All is set. And then uh, also, if you still want to get it, you can. Um, uh, it'll, you'll be blessed. I know you'll be blessed. Uh, but it does expire on September 12th. So it was a 30 days. Uh, so it started on August 12th. Uh, that was the uh, day of the conference, and it goes through September 12th. Uh, so if you want to get it, uh, you're, you're going to love it. Um, so there you go. And you might wonder why it expires on September 12th, because we get charged for every hour of viewing that every viewer has. And so uh, if we just left it out there indefinitely into October, November, or whatever, we would just keep getting charged. The next thing you know, we'd owe uh, 10 zillion dollars and and uh, that would be that be that'd be a disaster. So, uh, anyways, but if we can get it into a DVD format, we will let you know, or maybe not DVD, but uh, a thumb drive or something like that. We will let you know. Uh, right now, um, I don't really see us going that direction, but we were really blessed. Glad you guys were able to join us. Uh, we had a wonderful time. Um, let's get going. Um, oh, by the way, we're on the app. If you have the app. Uh, maybe you're viewing from that. There it is right now. You can see it. If you don't have the app, you can download the app. It is free to download. It, uh, so as of now, all the messages are going to be uh, 
uh, on the app also. So if YouTube, or I should say when YouTube goes, uh, cut, cuts us off, uh, you'll still be able to view on the app. And it's going to be on a lot of other venues here uh, real soon too, probably with it by the end of this week. Um, uh, so that's good. Okay, I want to get going with what we have. Oh, by the way, I gave a message this morning for some reason in YouTube for Hope for Our Times. Uh, it's, it's not showing up like it normally does. We'll try to get that fixed, but it was in Acts uh, chapter 8. It was a great time. It was a great message. Um, so if you're wondering what was I doing this morning, where's the message from this morning? Yes, I really did uh, teach it this morning, and we'll get that figured out with YouTube. Not sure why it's mixed up with YouTube, but I will straighten that out for you. Okay, I want to get going with Amos and where we are. So we're looking at the message tonight, the God of Israel. Uh, from Amos chapter 9, the final chapter of the book of Amos. Just a couple of news updates to bring us up to speed. What in the world is going on? Well, this article says traffic at Walmart plunges as Biden's inflation makes even discounter too expensive. Uh, shoppers are reported buying fewer items. Uh, listen, I, I thought Biden said there is no inflation or something like that. It's like at 0%. Stuff's just nuts. You know, these guys, I don't trust any of them. Bunch of liars. Okay, let's move on. Look at this article. Uh, IRS hiring spree is biggest expansion of police state in American history. Okay, let's work through this because I have a lot of viewers that are telling me, uh, well, the IRS thing isn't what somebody like me is supposing it is. And I might be wrong, So, but I, but I want to work through this. Uh, think of these. Uh, Damon Duck said this. The weakening of, of America and the tracking of buying and selling uh, regarding these things, he says, on August 7, the U.S. Senate passed the $739 billion deceptively named Inflation Reduction Act. Um, it's not going to reduce inflation. This is just, I mean, people actually believe this stuff, though. It's, these people are crooks. That's what's really going on. Okay, the bill contains no money for more troops to defend America. Listen to the way Duck put this. He's right. Just the comparisons. No money for more troops to defend America. Contains no money for more police to make America's cities safer. Contains no money to make America's borders more secure. Uh, funds about 87,000 new IRS agents to track American citizens buying and selling. Now listen to this, okay? He pro Biden promised that he would not raise taxes on Americans that earn less than $400,000 a year, but the bill imposes 16.4% tax on every barrel of crude oil and petroleum products, and that will be passed on to everyone that buys gasoline for a vehicle. So we're not going to raise your taxes. What we're going to do, we're just going to raise taxes on everything else that you buy. 16.4%, baby. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. I like this going. And in California, we're already taxed to death on, ta on gasoline, but here it is for everybody. Taxes for everybody. So we're not going to tax anybody over... Uh, under $400,000, so we'll just do it this way. Okay, now I want you to think of this. With the 87,000 IRS agents, I want you to think of this. They say they're only going after rich people. Well, it's only 1% to 2% of the population that fall into that category. So why does the IRS need 87,000 new agents to go after 1% to 2% of the population? Also... I believe it was last year, get this, the IRS audited a 51% of their audits. You ready for this? 
were people who made under 75,000 a year. So, I mean, I can't, okay, so, so this is me. I can't, I don't believe them. I don't trust them. I don't believe these people. I think they're liars. And I've, I mean, it's not hard to see. We're never told the truth. So when they tell us, well, this is really for people who are evading taxes, I don't trust them. Remember Lois Lerner? Just one going after all these conservatives. Remember that back in the Obama era? Yeah, now we have 87,000 lowest learners. That's the way I see it. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but I, in fact, I have a lot more to say about this. But we'll see how this works out. And um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep following it. I, I don't trust them. You know me? I don't trust them. All right. Concerning corruption, Duck writes that about 30 FBI agents probably with approval of America's Department of Justice. I think it was Merrick Garland is totally behind this whole thing. Uh, raided former President Trump's house, Mar-a-Lago, in Florida. He writes, as I see it, Democrats under the influence of shadow government are transitioning the U.S. into a new world order, and they will stop at nothing to destroy anyone that stands in their way, even a former president of the United States. People that haven't truly accepted Jesus as their savior, especially unsaved people that have joined the church, need to realize that when the new world order comes into power, they will obey that government or they will be killed. The extremists that have taken over the United States do not intend to be removed from office. Trump is not the only person they hate. They also hate the 75 million people that voted for him and a whole lot of other people. Then he lists uh, different people. So you start looking at these things, you're going, okay, we had an interesting week. Um, Monday, mar lagos raided. You know, they won't, don't want to call it a raid. Oh, no. It's pretty unbelievable what's happening right now. Um, and then, you know, so I don't trust the IRS agents. Yeah, this is, for, this is for our good. The last two and a half years were for our safety. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. I, I, I um, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I, I don't trust these people. Concerning digital currency, it was reported that Biden has signed an executive order to develop a digital dollar, uh, CBDC, central bank digital currencies. Here's the thing with them. Um, when it comes to CBDCs, it's different than blockchain technology with something like Bitcoin. Let me tell you something. Blockchain, Bitcoin Ethereum and the rest of them, they're going to be gone soon. And I know people really hate it when I say this, but I know they're going to be gone because there's a problem with them. And here's the problem. Um, you, you can't shut them down. You can't track these people, that kind of thing. The government can't control Bitcoin. The government can't control the blockchain. That's what the problem is. We know from Revelation chapter 13 that no one can buy or sell unless they receive the mark of the beast. So this digital currency that Biden is proposing is eventually going to take over the globe. Um, it looks like it's going to be a CBDC or, or that, I mean, when I look at the digital currency or the CBDC, central bank digital currency, that looks to me like that's going to be the technology used to implement the mark of the beast because the government reaches into everything. The government can shut you off. The government knows every single thing that you buy, every single thing that you sell. Listen, we're already being tracked, we're already being traced. Um, you don't even need to be traced by your phone anymore. Everywhere I go, even in the valley I live in, what do I see? I see cameras. They've installed them everywhere just in the last couple of months. Everywhere you go, 
they know where you're going. My wife said to me, well, what's with all the cameras? And I said, this facial recognition. That's all they're doing. They already got us. Listen, you got a phone? You got your picture on your, I mean, you got your face. You open up your phone with your face. Uh, people put their face all over Facebook. Hence, it's called Facebook. Listen, this stuff's all stored. So you enter into the age of digital currency. That's what it is. This one investor, as Duck says, called it a step toward the end of cash. It will allow the government to track your buying and selling and force you to obey by freezing your bank account. Is this truly a sign that history is approaching the tribulation period? Friends, we are this close. We are oh so close. One more article. Again, this one is going to take us to where we are. Look at this. Israel National News, UN official loses post after tweeting support for Israel. Listen, listen to what she says. Sarah Muscroft, a UN official working in directing aid to Palestinians, is to be reassigned, can you put that back up, is to be reassigned after a tweet condemning Islamic Jihad. So you condemn terrorist attack, UN official says, you lose your post. This is truly amazing. Listen, we live in a world that's turning against Israel. I'm watching the anti-Semitic attacks increase. There's one in Canada just the other day, but we're watching them increase more and more. But the good news is we're here in Amos chapter 9, the final chapter of the book of Amos. It's been a great book. And uh, who who are we looking at? The God of Israel. So let's get going with the God of Israel. Amos chapter 9, verse 1. We'll get through this fairly quick because I want to get to your questions as quick as I can too, but I want to do justice to the text. So Amos chapter 9, verse 1, the first section deals with the destruction of Israel. The second section deals with the restoration of Israel when the Jews are brought back together in the land. Regarding the destruction of Israel, Amos writes, I saw the Lord standing by the altar, and he says, strike the doorposts that uh, the thresholds may shake and break them on the heads of them all. I will slay the last of them with the sword. He who flees from them shall not get away, and he who escapes from them shall not be delivered. What is this about? I'll explain it. Uh, Though they dig into hell, from there my hand shall shall, uh, take them. Though they climb up to heaven, from there I will bring them down. And though they hide themselves on top of Carmel, From there I will search and take them. Though they hide from my sight at the bottom of the sea, from there I will command the serpent, and it shall bite them. Though they go into captivity before their enemies, from there I will command the sword, and it shall slay them. I will set my eyes on them for harm and not for good. So what's going on here? Well, God is talking about judgment. First thing we notice here is number one is the one, the Lord, who knows all things. He knows all things. So what's he say here? He says this. He said, you cannot escape and you cannot hide. You cannot escape God. You cannot hide from God. Look what he says here, verse one. I saw the Lord standing by the altar. So he's talking about the temple, right? Strike the doorposts, that the, thres- that the thresholds may shake. Break them on the heads of them all. I will slay the last of them with the sword. He who flees 
from them shall not get away. He who escapes from them shall not be delivered. Then he goes on to talk about, in the next three verses, about trying to escape the Lord. You can't escape from the Lord. You cannot hide from the Lord. But here he's talking about the temple of the Lord. What temple is he talking about? Not the temple in Jerusalem, because remember, Amos is talking to the northern kingdom. So he's either referencing the temple at Tel Dan or the temple in Bethel. Um, in fact, if, if you ever get a chance to go to Israel, we have a trip coming up in, in, uh, in the fall. It's already full, but if you get a chance to go with someone, um, we always go up to Tel Dan. And you can see the temple that Jeroboam built, the very temple that Amos is writing about, the very temple that God is speaking of. Uh, so here he says, uh, what he's saying is this, where he says, strike the doorposts that the thresholds may shake and break them on the heads of them all. What was going on here is there was just uh, evil worship. It was, it was fake worship. It was, it was like a fake church. You know what a fake church is, right? We'll see a lot of those. So this is fake temple worship. It wasn't genuine. And God says, let them go into the temple, shake the thresholds, cause the ceiling to collapse on the heads of these false worshipers. They think they're going to escape judgment by running the temple and saying, we're right with you, God, because look, we go to church, we go to the temple, whatever it's not. You can't escape God by, by putting on this religious cloak. It's absolutely foolish. People try to do that kind of nonsense. But he's judging them for all of their sins, for their fake worship, for all of this stuff. You try to escape, you try to run, you try to hide, you cannot do it. You know what this reminds me of? Um, not being able to escape 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Where Paul writes, he says, listen, regarding the signs of the times, there's no need that I should write to you. For you already know that the day of the Lord comes as a thief in the night. When they say peace and safety, sudden destruction comes upon them. Um, it's upon them, but, but not upon you. If you're a believer in the Lord, you have escaped. When Jesus was talking about the destruction of the last days, he said, pray that you may escape these different things. But according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, they will not escape. That's what God is saying here in Amos chapter 1. They won't escape. They're going to try and run over here. They're going to hide under the house. They're going to hide under the mountain. Revelation chapter 6, perfect description of trying to escape, trying to hide yourself uh, from the judgments of the Lord. Look at Revelation chapter 6, the sixth seal. The sky receded as a scroll when it is rolled up, and every mountain and island was moved out of its place. What happens? The kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men. So you start thinking of who are the kings of the earth right now? Who's in this elite class? Who are these evil people that are trying to form this world government that tell you you got to be locked down, that tell you you can't eat meat? That are Who are these people that are telling you you can't drive a car anymore? Who are these people that are destroying entire countries? The kings of the earth. The great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men. Verse 15, chapter 6. Their day is coming of Revelation. Every slave, every free man hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks and the mountains and said to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb for the great day of his wrath has come. Who is able to stand? Wow, <laughs> people know, okay, it's the wrath of the Lamb. The kings of the earth, they're going to have their day, folks. Trust in the Lord. You don't have to be afraid of everything. Trust in the Lord. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Listen, the day is coming when we're going to be home. 
I don't think it's that far off. God's about ready to call us home. I can't wait to hear that trumpet. Maybe next week we should do a, a message on the rapture. But uh, yeah, I, I look at this and go, man, folks, we live in exciting days. So we, but we hear in Amos, God says, I'm going to deal with you. And God did deal with him. In, in a minute, Amos is going to project into the future where we are. But in the book of Revelation, the Revelation tells us what that future is going to look like. Don't worry about it. The kings of the earth, the commanders of the earth, the leaders of the earth, these people are forming this world government and crushing everybody else who are saying you're going to own nothing and be happy by 2030. God says, I'm going to deal with them. Don't worry about it. I, I've been asked this question a lot lately. Why doesn't God just deal with these people? You can see how evil they are. Why doesn't he just deal with them? Listen, God is, he's saving, I believe he's saving them for that day of judgment. You can't run, you can't escape from God, you cannot hide from God. In fact, he even says here, uh, people think they are doing good. Um, this is what it says here. Um, they will climb up to heaven. Look at verse 2. Though they dig into hell, God says, you can't hide from me. Psalm 139, read it. You think you're going to escape if, if from me in the presence of hell? I'm going I'm to find you there. I will get you there. They're just, they're saying, I'm going to go to hell and get away from God. You're still going to be faced with judgment. It's, it's, a, it's a not understanding what, they're, what they're, think they're, they think they get. From there, my hand shall take them. Though they climb up to heaven, from there I will bring them down. What does that mean, climb up to heaven? So God's in heaven. From there, I'm going to bring them down. Simply, this is what this means. I'm going to climb up to heaven. Well, we're going to, we're going to get to heaven our own way. That's what's going on here. No, you're not. It's only in the righteousness of Christ that we are going to be able to get to heaven. Listen, this is what, listen to what this is. This is Revelation chapter 20. Then we're going to move on because I want to get to the restoration Then I want to get to your questions. But in Revelation chapter 20, think of this. When people say, I'm going to get to heaven by my good works, I'm going to get to heaven by my good deeds, all the good stuff I've done, this is what the Bible says. Revelation chapter 20, verse 11, then I saw a great white throne and him, that be the Lord, who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great. There they are, the great men of the earth again. Standing before God, and books were open. And another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. So people think, I'm going to get to heaven by my works. God says, okay, you're going to be judged according to your works. You can't climb up to heaven. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one according to his works. And death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Ouch. So your works, it's like climbing up to heaven. I'm going to get to heaven on my own. No, you're not, God says. He is the one, number one, that who knows all things. Number two, he's the one who is all-powerful. Let's continue. So number one, the one who knows all things. Number two, the one who is all-powerful, the Lord God of hosts. He who touches the earth and it melts. And all who dwell there mourn. All of it shall swell like the river and subside like the river of Egypt. He who builds his layers in the sky and has founded his strata in the earth, who calls for the waters of the sea and pours them out on the face of the earth. The Lord is his name. I love this. The Lord is his name. Listen to this. Amos uses the title Lord God 
12 times in chapter 7 through 9. And here he says, the Lord of hosts, literally my master, Yahweh, maker of heaven and earth, almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing, great God of heaven, God Almighty is his name, Lord of the host of angels and everything that exists. And here he says, it says here, what is it? He touches the earth and it melts, or touches the mountains and they melt. Reminds me of Psalm 97. Let me just read a couple of verses to you from Psalm 97. Really, I mean, you look at this and you go, it's so encouraging. Listen, folks, it's so encouraging when you start to put this into perspective and you wonder, is God ever going to right the wrong? Is the Lord ever going to save us? Is, are we ever going to be, uh, is he ever going to come back? Is he ever going to call us home? Is he ever going to destroy these, the, the wickedness that's going on? And here I love this because Amos puts it into perspective. It's actually God telling Amos this for us. The Lord touches the earth and it melts. Um, and he's the builder of all things, Amos went on to say. He built everything, the, uh, he, the, the strata, uh, he, the, the, the stars, the moon, the sun. He's built everything. And you have puny man down here. You've all known Harari. We are creators. What a what a, I mean, really? These people are evil. Really? You can't even create a piece of dirt? Wow. So listen to this, Psalm 97, the Lord reigns. What's he say? It's just like Amos. Listen to this. The Lord reigns. Let the whole earth rejoice. Let the multitude of isles be glad. Clouds and darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. A fire goes before him and burns up his enemies round about. His lightnings light the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. At the presence of the Lord, the whole earth, the heavens declare his righteousness, and the people see his glory. I love that. Just like Amos, where he says, hey, the Lord touches the earth and it melts. Psalm 97, in the presence of the Lord, the mountains melt like wax. Wow. I mean, it gives us this picture and this understanding God is on the throne. So number one uh, is the one who knows all things. Number two is the one who is all powerful. Number three is the one who judges all evil. Look at this work through this. Are you not like the people of Ethiopia to me, says the Lord? O children of Israel, did I not bring up Israel from the land of Egypt? He's saying, I brought you out of Egypt. I saved you. You reject me. The Philistines from Kaftor and the Syrians from Kerr. Now this is where it gets exceptionally fascinating. Behold, the eyes of the Lord God are on the sinful kingdom, and I will destroy it from the face of the earth. Yet, Verse 8, I will not utterly destroy the house of Jacob, says the Lord. So what's that mean? He says, I'm going to destroy the sinful kingdom from the face of the earth, yet I will not utterly destroy Israel. For surely I will command and will sift the house of Israel among all the nations, as grain is sifted in a sieve. Yet not the smallest grain shall fall to the ground. All sinners of my people shall die by the sword, who say the calamity shall not overtake nor confront us. People say, we're, in other words, uh, we don't care what comes our way. This is how verse 10 closes. We don't care what comes our way. These are people who reject God. They want to engage in their sin. God's not going to judge me. God can't touch me. Doesn't that sound like, the, like Klaus Schwab? Doesn't that sound like Bill Gates, Henry Kissinger, these Governor Newsom in California, who knows what's going on in Biden's head. Uh, you start looking at the, the, the guy over in Australia, up in Canada. What's that guy's name in Canada? Justin Trudeau. People are evil. 
Emmanuel Macron. You start looking at all these world leaders and the Bible talks about what's gonna happen to these leaders and here, you can't touch us, God. <laughs> what does God say? Like, you, you, you people are puny. You, again, you've all known Harari. What an evil man, what an evil man. We are gods. Only fools believe in God. There is no such thing as the resurrection. But listen to this. Let me read this same couple of verses to you from another version because this is of the Bible. Verse 8, I, the sovereign Lord, listen to this, in watching the sinful nation Israel, I will destroy it from the face of the earth, but I will never completely destroy the family of Israel. Interesting. I will never completely destroy the family of Israel, for I will give the command and will shake Israel along with other nations as grain is shaken in a sieve, yet not one true kernel will be lost. Wow. So let's think about this. Um, I will shake Israel along with all of the other nations, along with all of the Gentile nations. All of them will be shaken, the entire world. When's that going to happen? in the tribulation period. In fact, right here is where Amos shifts to the focus of the very near future, folks, when God restores Israel again, as Israel cries out during the tribulation period. This is the time of Jacob's trouble. It's the 70th week of Daniel. 70 weeks are appointed for your people, for your holy city. This is about Israel, what's coming. He's gonna shake up the world and he's gonna save his remnant. And, and, and you look what he's gonna do with Israel. The family of Israel is not going to be gone. Um, again, what's he say? I will give the command. I will shake Israel along with the other nations, yet uh, uh, as grain is shaken in a sieve, yet not one true kernel will be lost. Not one genuine believer in the Gentile world will be lost. Not one. That's what's going on here. And not one true kernel out of all those who are genuinely Jews who know the Lord, not one of them is going to be lost. Not one, the Lord says. Listen, so God is now in these verses, he's projected to what is coming in the, um, in the very near future. So what do we have? We have number one, the one who knows all things. Number two, uh, the one who is all powerful. Number three, the one who judges all evil. Number four, the one who pours out his blessings. The one who pours out his blessings. So let's get this to the end. I'm going to connect it all and then take your questions. What's with the one who pours out all the blessings? What do we see here in the last few verses of Amos chapter 9? We see the rebuilding and we see the replanting. We see the rebuilding and we see the replanting. This is so cool. Um, and this is, you look at this and people say um, there's replacement theology. God is done with Israel. That's a doctrine of demons. Look at this, uh, Amos chapter 9, verse 11. On that day, what day? That day, the day we've been talking about. The 70th week of Daniel. On that day, listen to this, I will raise up the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. I will repair its damages. I will raise up its ruins hmm, and rebuild it as in the days of old. That is so cool that they may possess the remnant of Edom and all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord who does this thing. What has, has God just done here? He, he's launched us into the time of the millennial kingdom. How do we know that? Because he says here, uh, that uh, on that day, I will raise up the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. 
And then he says, I'm going to repair, I'm going to raise up, I'm going to rebuild. So when's this? This is when Jesus comes back. This is the Davidic covenant from 2 Samuel chapter 7, that he would establish the throne of David forever. God's not done with Israel. Don't believe that nonsense. Those are lies. Listen, the people who say that, that God's done with Israel absolutely reject this. When God even says, I'm going to destroy Israel, and then he says, but Israel's coming back, I will never utterly destroy my family, but I'm not going to destroy the people. The Jews are going to remain. That's what God says. But there's those that say God is done with Israel. Jeremiah wrote about that, and so did the Apostle Paul in, in Romans chapter 11. Is God done with Israel? Certainly not, the Apostle Paul said. And then he said this in Romans chapter 11. Don't be ignorant of this mystery. Don't be ignorant of this mystery. Blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come, and then all Israel will be saved. Don't be ignorant of it. It's a mystery. If you're, in fact, he even says, don't be ignorant of this mystery, lest you be wise in your own opinion. That's what happens when people believe replacement theology. They become wise in their own opinions. They say, God is done with Israel. The mystery that, that God is speaking of in Romans chapter 11 through the Apostle Paul is that God's not done with Israel. Replacement theology doesn't exist. It's a lie of the devil. Don't be ignorant. Don't be an ignoramus is what that means. Of a, this mystery. It's a mystery. Israel was gone, and now they are back. And that's what Amos is talking about. Don't be ignorant of this mystery, lest you be all puffed up, all wise. You think you're smarter than all those other people that believe that Israel is to be restored and Jesus is coming back and he's going to rule and reign from Jerusalem. But Amos says it. Who's smarter? Somebody who thinks that, somebody who believes in replacement theology or God? I'm taking God. I believe God's smarter. Listen, this is the Old Testament projecting the destruction of Israel and then projecting the future restoration of Israel. God is not a liar. That's why these people who teach that stuff say, don't read the Old Testament. Don't read the book of Revelation. In fact, where the Apostle Paul wrote of the prophetic things, the second coming of Christ, ignore them because it was just poetry. Don't believe uh, all of the discourse has anything to do with the future. That was all done back in 70 AD. Why? Because the entire Old Testament in that sense, all these things I just mentioned in the New Testament, they confront that theology and they destroy it. So they can't accept it. That's the truth. God says, I'm going to rebuild you. I'm going to replant you. Uh, I will repair you. I will raise you up from the ruins. I will, I will rebuild Israel. That they may possess the remnant of Edom and all the Gentiles who are called by my name. Uh, by the way, Edom, uh, the Septuagint uh, translates Edom as Adam. And possible meaning is the remnant of mankind will be saved. Think of the remnant church. I think that's exactly what's going on. There's talking about the remnant church because he goes and says, and all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord. So there's, uh, the church is anyone who believes in Christ, Jew or Gentile that believes in Christ. He's gonna call the remnant, and I, see, I think we're watching that happen, and all the Gentiles who are called by my name. What happens in the 70th week of Daniel that we are suddenly launched into by Amos chapter nine? We see the 144,000 that are saved, people saved out of every tribe, nation, tongue, and people group out of all of the Gentile world, all, out of all the Gentile nations all over the world. 
people are saved. That's what Amos is writing about. And then the replanting, this is probably my favorite part. One of my favorite passages in the Bible when it comes to Israel. Look at this. We're almost done. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes him who sows seed. So what's going on here? He's talking about the, the uh, millennial kingdom. When you have the guy who's working the field and the one who's harvesting, they're run together. One guy plants, man, the stuff's growing so incredibly fast. He throws down seed. The next day, it's grown. It's ready to harvest. So he's talking about here. The millennial kingdom. The treader of grapes with him who sows the seed. You plant the seed of grapes, and the other guy starts treading the grapes to bring out the new wine. <laughs> man, it's happening. It's like you plant, it grows. You plant, it grows. You plant, it grows. A lot different than what we're witnessing now, especially as they're shutting off fertilizer. Trying to kill us all. That's what they're trying to do. The mountains shall drip with sweet wine, and the hills shall flow with it. It's talking about joy and, and, uh, and the, 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 the sweet wine that God gives to drink. He's going, man, you look at this and you go, and the hills will flow with it. I mean, this is during the millennial kingdom. Now, look at this. I will bring back the captives of my people. He sums it up here. This is what I'm going to do. I will bring back the captives of my people, Israel. They shall build the waste cities and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and drink wine from them. They shall also make gardens and eat fruit of them. I will plant them in their land. And no longer will they be pulled up from the land that I have given them, says the Lord your God. Listen, in Isaiah chapter 11, Isaiah prophesies that Israel will be regathered a second time. A second time. And here God says, when that happens, they will never be uprooted again. Notice what he says, I will plant them in their land. They shall never be uprooted from the land I gave them, says the Lord. Your, this is God who says this, says the Lord your God. They're going to plant gardens. They're going to eat of the fruit. This ain't going to be no socialism. They're going to eat of the fruit. They actually get to plant and eat. This isn't what's happening to the farmers in the Netherlands and Canada and what's coming soon here to America. It's not like what's going on over in Australia. No, it's not what's happening in Sri Lanka. It's not what's happening in Ecuador and these other places. They actually get to plant and eat. Socialism does not exist in the kingdom of Jesus. Huh, interesting. They're going to plant and eat. They're going to plant their grapes. They're going to be able to drink their wine. Somebody's not going to come along and steal it and say, what's yours is mine. I'll take it. No, 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 no. They'll have enough. They'll be able to share and be a blessing to others. But socialism won't exist in the kingdom of heaven. Look at this. When God releases the blessing, look at this. This is the last thing. I'm going to your questions. When God releases the blessing and the restoration, the fruit comes quickly. The fruit grows in unexpected places. The fruit produces great quality. The work of the laborers is blessed. That is what is happening here uh, in the millennial kingdom. And we can see everything going this direction right now. Listen, to sum it up, God gathers Israel a second time. There won't be a third time. In fact, right now, send in your questions, all right? Um, I can see them. In fact, I'm going to pull them up on the screen so I might be able to see them even bigger. But send in your questions. Let me get rid of this here. There we go. Send in your questions. Make sure you put the word question in all caps. 
uh, so I can easily see it. Uh, send it in, but think of this, Israel is not going to be gathered back a second time. It's not going to happen. Uh, a third time, excuse me. Israel will not be gathered back a third time. They're gathered back a second time. That's all the Bible gives us. And according to Amos, once they're gathered back, uh, they will uh, not be uprooted again. Never to be uprooted again. Um, I believe, personally, America is in a catastrophic collapse. And you want to know what else I believe? I believe it has a lot to do, I would tie it into their treatment of the nation of Israel. It's been absolutely awful. It's been horrible what has been happening since the Biden administration, what they are doing to the nation of Israel, and America is suffering. Uh, Jerusalem is the apple of God's eye. They are his people. God says, I will not uproot you from the land I gave you. The UN thinks they're going to give Israel a little sliver of the land. Uh, the Biden administration will give Israel, we're gonna, we'll split Jerusalem and the Jews can have this little tiny portion. God says, I've given you that land. I will, you will not be uprooted again. So if you're a Jew and you're living in Israel, you can rest assured you will never be uprooted from that land. God says it's not going to happen. I, the Lord, have spoken. There's been many people against you. Antichrist will one day be against you. I recommend that you uh, give your life over to Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. He will forgive you of all of your sins. I know many Jews that are coming to faith in Christ. It's a very amazing thing to see. Um, but Jerusalem is the apple of his eye. And God made a covenant with Israel. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That would be the Jews. And Jesus, my friends, is coming again. Okay, questions. Let's see. Um, can you please explain exactly what wokeism means? Um, who is it? It is somebody I just had here for an interview, Kevin McGarry. He has a book explaining wokeism. In fact, I think it gets released on Monday. I need to have him back here for you guys. It's just, it's just fantastic. Woke is the opposite of being awake. So wokeism is the, is the belief in all of these leftist policies that take us, that actually confront the truth of the Word of God. So it's a common term in this sense that people who say we are woke, well, what does that imply? It implies all these homo uh, belief homosexuality, uh, transgenderism, social justice, all this nonsense. So we see that as if it's blessed of God if there was a God, but God doesn't fit into their equation either. So they're not, they're not spiritual. Listen, Andy Wood said at the conference, there is a spiritual awakening that is taking place, but it's not the good kind. It's the doctrine of demons. So if I were to sum up what is wokeism, I would say it fits into the doctrine of demons of 1 Timothy chapter 4, and also I would say even 2 Timothy chapter 3. So just let me read them to you. Here would be a doctrine of wokeism, right? 1 Timothy chapter 4. The Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. So what do you have? Doctrines of demons, speaking lies in hypocrisy, uh, forbidding to marry, commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth for every creature of God is good and nothing is to be refused if it's received with thanksgiving. So you have this doctrine of demons. The Apostle Paul 
says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, know this and the last days perilous times will come. Here would be a description of, of wokeism. Men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such people turn away. So this, the, they, they say they're spiritual. It's this, it's this whole group. Um, Romans chapter 1, God says, I'll give them over to debased mind. And if I were to sum it up with one thing, what is wokeism? You've been given over to this debased mind, trying to say, teaching a five-year-old that um, transgenderism is a good thing, this is bad stuff. So wokeism fits into that category. I'll try to get Kevin McGarry back on here. Uh, another question, please. Can you move that up? Let's see. Move it on up. Scroll it on up. It's like, here we go. Oh, I just saw some. You, um, calling, uh, question. What are your thoughts on the tabernacle of David? I'm not sure um, exactly what you mean uh, if there's something in there. Oh, wait. just saw a question. Uh, let's see. Do you think... It's still relevant to get married considering the state of the world and the country. Caesar, Velez, absolutely. It, go back to this doctrine of demon. What is it? Forbidding you to marry. That shows that you don't want to go down that path. Um, listen, if God's called you to a, a, a life of singleness and celibacy, then so be it. But, but um, let's, let's think about this. God created male and female. God is the one who instituted marriage. They're married, they're told to procreate, fill the earth, right? So a doctrine of demons, again, 1 Timothy chapter 4, let me read it again, forbidding to marry, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3, doctrine of demons. I believe we aren't hearing this forbidding yet, but I believe it's going to be somehow tied with the transgender movement and so forth, and I think people are already buying into it. I should just stay single shouldn't get married. That's against God. God calls it a doctrine of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy. I believe it's just a matter of time. When you look at 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3, commanding that you don't eat meat and foods from that the Lord has blessed, that word um, foods there comes from a Greek word where we get an English word, vittles, and it means food fit for human consumption. What are we hearing now from the Bill Gates of the world? Bill Gates specifically. Now, we're going to create a better food for you. That's bad stuff. Bad stuff. Uh, I used to wonder, what does it mean commanding that you don't eat this kind of food? God says it's not to be refused. Real food, meat, is not to be refused. But yet they're telling us to refuse it. According to God, what's happening right now, with us being told you can't eat meat, we got to kill all the cows, that, what's, again, what's happening with the farms in the Netherlands, Listen, this is about control. This is about manipulation, doctrine of demons, according to 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. And forbidding to marry falls into that category. So since we're already watching this uh, commanding that you don't eat meat, commanding that you don't eat these kind of foods that are fit for human consumption, we have fake baby formula now, thanks to Bill Gates, all the farmland that's being bought. So we're watching this take place. Um, I, I used to wonder, what does it mean commanding that you don't eat these foods or meats? Now you can see it. We're starting to see it. We're going, wow, that's what's going on here in 1 Timothy chapter 4. So I think it's a very short time before we start hearing, pay attention to this, um, 
forbidding that you marry. Watch. I mean, think, how could they ever do that? Well, how could they ever do what they've done the last two and a half years? And they're already starting to make you feel guilty if you eat meat. I mean, look at what they're trying to do. Oh, these cows are just causing climate corruption and everything's being destroyed because of the cows. Okay, with this also, Caesar, um, do you feel, still think it's relevant to get married? I'm going to answer a second question. Because <clears throat> so I get this one a lot. People get married and say, well, should I even have kids in this wicked world? Listen, I do believe so. Um, because it's a, it's a faith in God. It's a trust in God. And God would like to have more children in heaven. And remember, a commandment from the Lord is to fill the earth, is to procreate. So yeah, I believe you should be married. Uh, if God's giving you the gift of celibacy, then stay single according to what 1 Corinthians 7 teaches. If not, get married and have children, even in this crazy world, because you're, you're actually being obedient to the Lord. God will bless you in your obedience. Will you have tough times? Absolutely. Uh, you, you will, but God will still bless you. And again, I believe God wants to have uh, more children in, in heaven. Um, uh, let's uh, go on to another question. Wait, oh wait, there it is. Uh, question Dan T, do you think that the swamp will try to assassinate Donald Trump? Yeah. Uh, it was, uh, gosh, I've been hearing lately that you can expect to see Trump get arrested on uh, national, uh, international news. That wouldn't surprise me. I mean, look what happened. Last Sunday night, we're talking like this. Everything's moving along. And wake up Monday and, and to find out Trump's house is raided. So here it is Sunday. What's going to happen by tomorrow, Monday? Are we going to find out that Trump's been arrested? Are we all going to be watching it? Uh, will he be killed? Hey, listen, real quick. Oh, by the way, check this out. Tomorrow, joining me is Pete Garcia, 2 p.m. Going to be terrific. Um, wait till you hear what um, what BlackRock's doing. So I'm going to ask Pete about that tomorrow. It's going to be it's going to be fantastic. Um, so yeah, yeah, it'll, it'll be great. So two o'clock tomorrow Pacific Standard Time. Also, a download the app. I know tonight's message has been on the app. Um, so download it. Uh, can you pull up a picture of the app, or is that not possible now? Let's see. There it is. So that's what it looks like. You just go to your app store. It's on both Google and uh, that'd be AK Droid and Apple, so you can download it, you can watch messages on it. Um, I hope you like it. I hope you give it five stars or whatever you rate it, um, however the rating goes. I, I know you're going to like it if you go there. We have the Bible on there. We have news on there. We have the prophecy messages on there. I have other guests that are on there. It's, you're going to be blessed. All right. Um, question, Nancy. Biblical precedent for evil to announce its... I'm not sure what the rest of the question is. Um, let's see. Next question. Do you think they will start publishing woke Bibles or ban the Bible? That is from Caterlin. Yes. I think woke Bibles are, I'm sure there's already woke Bibles out there. Um, and do you think they'll ban the Bible? Absolutely. It's, it's happened throughout history whenever the church started being persecuted. So absolutely. Uh, the Bible will be banned. I mean, I wonder how long before Bible apps are going to be removed. You know, we got our apps now. Um, I'm thinking probably not till after the rapture. The, the voice of the Christian needs to, the genuine believer, right, needs to be shut up. Not the woke church. There's a lot of woke churches out there. I mean, look how many churches you see. So the other question, what is wokeism? You start looking at these churches that have these these transgender, the drag queen, what is this with this drag queen stuff? It's everywhere. 
These are doctrines of demons. And this stuff's bad. Inside churches, teaching children. You know, it was only a few years ago you'd be arrested for bringing that kind of thing before a five-year-old. You'd be arrested as a pedophile. Not anymore. Okay, let's move on. Another question. You scroll it up or down or whichever way you got to scroll. Question. There it is. Spirit and truth. So well know who AC is at the time of Armageddon when Jesus' glory destroys. Um, so well know. Okay, I'm not sure who AC is. So I'm not sure exactly what your question is, spirit and truth, but I, I think what you're saying is this. Will people know who Antichrist is during the second half of the tribulation? That's what I'm guessing you're asking. I believe a lot of people are going to know who Antichrist is at the second half of the tribulation. In fact, in Revelation chapter 13, the Bible says here is wisdom um, regarding Antichrist. He requires all those to receive the mark of the beast on the right hand or forehead. Here's wisdom. It's the number of a man. The number is 666. So God wouldn't give that in his Bible unless he knew that he's going to open up people's understanding. They go, aha, that's the man. We know from the book of Revelation that many Jews, they're going to be woken up, genuine wakeness, not the wokeness of this whacked out world, but a genuine wakeness not waking to evil spiritual things, but righteousness of Christ. They're going to wake up and they're going to go, oh, wow, that guy that's sitting in the temple, that ain't the Messiah. That guy's the false Messiah. So we know they're going to see it. And we also know, again, there's going to be people saved of every tribe, nation, tongue, and people group. So I believe there's going to be many people, because of Revelation chapter 13, and probably messages like this and things you tell people, um, that are going to be able to do the math and figure it out, and do the math in that sense. They're just going to be able to figure it out. They're going to say, okay, Revelation 13 says this. During the tribulation, they're going to go, bingo, that's the man that the Bible speaks of. I've heard about that guy. And they're going to be able to figure it out based upon Revelation chapter 13, who Antichrist is during the second half of the tribulation period. Uh, think of it like this. In the book of Daniel... Daniel chapter 12, Daniel is told to shut up and seal up the words until the time of the end. Um, what he's trying to figure out is Daniel asks the angel, help me to understand the, these visions I'm seeing about the time of the end. The angel says, it's not for you to know, Daniel. That's why he tells him to seal up the words, close the book. Daniel, this is not for you to know. It is for those who live at that time. I believe the closer we get to the tribulation period, the better understanding we're going to have what the prophecies mean. Hence, commanding that you don't eat foods, a.k.a. meats, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3. They make sense to me now. I couldn't make sense of it sometime back. I was like, what does that mean? So we're, we, we're starting to understand things better and better. They're becoming more and more clear. These little details like that. Uh, Ezekiel chapter 38, verse 7, where... Uh, Gog, the leader of Magog, will be a guard for the troops that are going to invade Israel. They're going to be guard in the north. Well, what's happening? It makes sense. A little detail like that, you'll be a guard for them. Russia is a guard for the troops that are eventually going to come against Israel in the Ezekiel 38 battle. Iran, uh, Turkey, those other troops are actually stationing in Syria right now. Yeah, Russia is a guard for them. Russia's over there. They're saying, hey, Israel, don't do this. Interesting, as we get closer and closer, it makes these little details make sense. 
so will it be, I believe, with Revelation chapter 13 for people during the second half of the tribulation. I believe that's what that prophecy is for, for those people to know it. People try to guess all the time. They'll say, here's the Antichrist, there's the Antichrist. I get emails from people all the time. Maybe one of them is right. They can't all be right, because I probably have 100 different Antichrists that are in my email bin right now somewhere saying it's this person, it's this person, it's this person, it's that person. I don't know who Antichrist is. Maybe one of them is right. That's not going to do me any good, though. Um, what does do me good is remembering who Jesus is. And listen, we're going home. But those people living during the tribulation, I do believe they are going to be able to understand who, um, who Antichrist is. They're going to know based on the Bible. Richard Browder, question, will there be technology in the millennium or will we go back to a simpler time? My friend Don Perkins, I consider him like an expert when it comes to the study on the millennial kingdom. His stuff is fantastic. I need to have him back here soon, at least to do a live with me. I, I, I love doing things with Don. So he's done more on the millennial kingdom than anybody else I know. And I remember doing one of these with him. And he said, he said, Brother Tom, there's going to be technology in the millennial kingdom. He's telling me about all kinds of things there's going to be in the millennial kingdom. And he said, it's going to be way better and it's going to be used for good. Uh, and it's, it's going to be incredible. Technology is going to continue to increase and increase and increase. And our knowledge is going to increase. It's not going to be the knowledge that uh, it'll be, you know, you get these guys, you're all Harari and Elon Musk and them. They talk about all the knowledge from AI and everybody's going to be augmented. No, we're going to be, we're going to be forever changed. We're going to have our new body. We're going to have our new mind. But for those who are living on the planet who during the millennial kingdom who don't have their new body because they got saved during the tribulation period and they're procreating, getting married and stuff during the tribulation period, they're going to have this incredible technology then. I, I'll have to have Don on to, to just work that whole thing out. It's so cool. Let's move on. Next question. Uh, biggest take-home point from conference, your thoughts. Will, I had so many different take-home points. I, I mean, I just had tons of them. It was so good. In fact, even though it's the conference that I hosted, I got all the speakers there together and everything. You want to know something? I sat through every message, and um, uh, only two of them I think I had to watch remotely. Every, all the rest of them I was there in the, inside with you guys. And I'm going to watch them all again and again and again because I was just, like, blessed. I couldn't believe how much insight I was gaining. You know, usually I can go to a prophecy conference and go, you know, okay, yeah, 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 you know. And I'm sitting there going, this is just so cool. And I mean, it's just message after message after message after message. And then you guys got to hear David Tal's first message. He got saved and got baptized. So cool. Uh, just, I mean, that was, and then, that, and then everything from there, the things were, were just really, really good. Here, here's the biggest, okay, I would say the biggest take-home point is this. We're going to be called home soon. How's that for a take-home point? We're going to be called home soon. We, we need to be ready and be faithful about our Father's business. Be aware. I mean, man, so many things were shown to us, weren't they? Be aware of what is really going on, uh, but we're going to be called home soon. And uh, share Christ. Even provide a way to share Christ after we're gone. And I had mentioned one Times during the Q&A, uh, the question came up about prepping. Should we be prepping? It was Kurt Reed and Andy Woods that were both on the platform with me. 
And they both said they prep. And they said they don't prep out of fear being in the tribulation. They prep out of wisdom. Uh, Kurt had mentioned the ant is smart enough to prep. Uh, uh, Joseph prepped in Egypt, right? He, he understood the wisdom that God had shown him. So they were preppers in that sense. But we agreed, listen, put something in your prep area if you're a prepper of the, the gospel, uh, messages about the rapture of the church, the second coming of Jesus. It may be these things that will save people. There's going to be people after the rapture that are going to break into your house and see if you got any food. That's right. They're going to do that. <laughs> they're going to. So, hey, leave stuff for them. Uh, leave food for them. They're going to be blessed. These are the very people who may be coming to faith, during, who may come to faith through your witness in your prep room, who come to faith in Christ during the tribulation. They survive the tribulation. They come to faith in Christ. They, 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 they uh, uh, are the ones who get married and have babies and uh, populate the planet during the millennial kingdom. Have you ever thought of that? Maybe, maybe your neighbor. Maybe one of them. So yeah, and then uh, Scott Townsend was brought up from I Am A Watchman who has the rapture kit. Listen, go to his website. I wish I had it here. I don't. Go to his website, I Am A Watchman. I think it's IamAWatchman.com. Scott Townsend, look for rapture kit. It's called the rapture kit. Check it out, man. I mean, you think there's all kinds of messages. I have messages on there. Andy Woods does. Almost everybody I know that's in prophecy has messages on there. And they're downloadable. You leave them there with all of your food and all of your extra water you got. Listen, you may be prepping. You may never get to use your food. Who cares? I don't need it. I'm going to be going to heaven, right? If you get to use it, you get to use it. If you don't get to use it, um, you get to prep for your neighbors. And they may get to heaven because you are a faithful witness. Listen, I'm out of time. 2 o'clock tomorrow, Pete Garcia. 2 o'clock Tuesday, Kurt Reed. I'm not sure exactly what I'm doing Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday yet. We'll find out. And next, I don't know, next Sunday, I don't know, maybe I'll do a message on the rapture or something else. Listen, God bless you guys. We finished the book of Amos. I'm look forward, looking forward to the next book. Uh, maybe we'll start that next week. I don't know yet. It will be one of the minor prophets, and it's going to be awesome. Um, until tomorrow, God bless you guys. Have a good night. Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hopeforourtimes.com, and check out the many resources we have to offer. On our website, we have books, DVDs, and daily news articles that will always keep you up to date on the times we're living in. If you'd like to see the video version of this week's podcast, you can find us at Hope For Our Times on YouTube. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time.